Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting Scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years' experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. We've been talking during Advent about redemption. It's a topic we often dive into during Easter, about how Jesus came to earth to reconcile all of humanity back to God. The images of the cross and the empty tomb are powerful reminders of the sacrifice Jesus made for us all. But I think it's important that we remember that we don't get to those critical pieces of our past without celebrating the birth of a child who was placed in a manger. During this short series, we're exploring this critical topic of redemption by looking at it in the classic story, A Christmas Carol. It was written by Charles Dickens in 1843 in England, and the story features the iconic character Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) Now, old Ebenezer, he's an old miser of a man. He has no living friends. He has only one relative, his nephew Fred. He has, over the years, to be blunt, managed to isolate himself from the rest of society. He prioritized other things over being part of the community. In this story, he's visited by the ghost of his longtime business partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob has been dead for seven years at the time of this story. The ghost of Jacob tells Scrooge that he has been doomed to roam the earth with a long, heavy chain, one made link by link every time the two of them swindled people, took advantage of the poor, or failed to show mercy to those who needed it. And Ebenezer's chain, well, his is even longer and heavier, because he said seven additional years of those types of misdeeds. In the story, Jacob sends three spirits to Scrooge to redeem Ebenezer by helping him to rediscover the four elements that we explore during Advent. Just by sending those three spirits to guide and teach Ebenezer, Jacob is introducing him to hope. Hope that Scrooge's lonely life doesn't have to be this way. It can be far better. Remember in our previous episode that the ghost of Christmas past started to break down the walls around Ebenezer's heart a barrier Scrooge had built over the years by reminding him that he had not always been so miserable. The first spirit started to renew Ebenezer's sense of peace, his peace of mind, his peace of body, and most importantly, his peace of spirit. In this episode, Ebenezer is visited by the ghost of Christmas present. This Santa-like spirit is going to show Ebenezer how people celebrate the birth of Christ's child in the here and now. 
And along the way, the Spirit is going to help Ebenezer recognize love once more. Before we get too far into today's part of the story, though, let's turn to Scripture. Our focus for this part of Ebenezer's story is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. Love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Quick translation, don't let love escape your grasp. And don't ever forget love. And I don't think this is talking just about romantic love, but also love for fellow human beings. Like the homeless like people displaced by those terrible tornadoes that ravaged parts of Kentucky and five other states the week of this recording, like the marginalized in our society. You see, unfortunately, love, in pretty much all of its forms, is a concept that Ebenezer long ago forgot or lost. The spirit of Christmas present knows why Ebenezer lacks feelings for humankind. We talked about the two biggest life events in the last episode, when Scrooge toured his history with the ghost of Christmas past. The death of his beloved sister in childbirth really changed him. And then his fiancée, Alice, breaks off their engagement after she realizes he loves money and business prestige above everything, and everyone else. In the book, The Ghost of Christmas Present takes Ebenezer to a lighthouse, around the countryside, and to many other places to see how people show love to one another during Christmas time. But in this episode, I want to focus on three scenes in particular. Three scenes that are played up pretty much extensively in the movie versions of this story. One is Scrooge's nephew Fred's home. The other is Alice, Scrooge's former fiancée, while she's at work during Christmas. And finally, the home of Scrooge's clerk. Bob Cratchit. Together, they're going to teach old Ebenezer, and us, how we can embrace love at this time of year. Well, I guess actually all year long. The first scene I want to explore together is the home of Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Remember, old Ebenezer didn't approve of his marriage because Fred married a woman who had no money. She couldn't improve the family's economic well-being. Forget love. Where's the cash? Well, the Ghost of Christmas Present shows Ebenezer, Fred, and his wife hosting a dinner party. Ebenezer sees people playing games. They're laughing. They're singing songs. They're dancing. Fred pays tribute to his miserly uncle with a toast, despite the groans of his wife and guests, because they know how poorly that Ebenezer has treated him over the years. What does Ebenezer see in all these interactions? In a word, love. In this case, love by showing contentment and in being part of community and camaraderie. None of these people are rich, yet they're enjoying each other's company. They're showing love to one another 
by being in fellowship with one another. I think this illustrates how we are communal creatures. We yearn to be with others. And I think that's why COVID hit us so hard mentally. We were quarantined for a long time, isolated with just a very few people. Most of us want to experience community with others. And that's so unlike Scrooge, who prefers to brood in his big house all by himself. So, which are you? Now, I realize that there are precautions that we have to take because we live in a pandemic world. But ask yourself which person you are more like. Please understand that this is not a debate about introverts and extroverts. You see, I'm an introvert who had to be trained to be extroverted from my work as a journalist and now as part of my ministry. But are you taking steps to be part of a community of faith? For those of you who are United Methodists, you might recognize that when we join a church as a member, we are asked if we're going to support the community of faith by our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I don't want the church to be a country club. Lord knows we already have a lot of that garbage going on in the church and the world today. But are you truly part of a community of faith? My guess is a lot of you have pulled away from the church for one reason or another. One thing we often hear when people leave the church is that they, quote, aren't being fed. Well, yes, the church should be feeding your spirit. But truthfully ask yourself, are you coming to the table to take part in that meal? In other words, are you working to become part of the community? Really part of the community? Attending worship is a great start. It really is. But it's only a start. Jesus can teach us this. Read the Gospels for yourself and see how often Jesus does things just by himself. There are three big ones I can think of. He prepared for ministry by taking on Satan by himself in the wilderness after his baptism in the Jordan River. We often read about Jesus going off by himself to pray. And of course, he went to the cross by himself. But remember that Jesus came to redeem all of humanity. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm equipped or strong enough to take on the devil and the cross by myself. And not to insult you, but I doubt you are either. So that leaves us with prayer. So other than prayer, maybe it's best if we're all around fellow believers by being part of a community of faith. You see, what did the Ghost of Christmas present teach us? Well, it taught us about love. Love as being part of a fully practicing member of the community. And by being part of the community, we can build others up around us. Those in our village, our city, our county, you name it. A chance to help make everyone just a little bit better off. Now let's catch up with Scrooge's former fiance, Alice. The ghost of Christmas present takes Scrooge to see her at work. He finds that she's tending to the poor and the lame, the people marginalized in society. Now think back to our very first episode in this series when we talked about hope at the very beginning. These are the people that, when approached by two men trying to raise money for the destitute, Ebenezer says should go to the debtor's prisons or the workhouses. And if they would rather die than go there, 
Lebanese said they should, quote, decrease the surplus population, unquote, by dying. He wants them to get on with it. In contrast, Alice is so caring, so attentive to the people she serves. She's the antithesis to old Ebenezer. And it shows us just how far Ebenezer has fallen. Because remember, he and Alice were once on the same wavelength. She hasn't changed. But he certainly has. And for the bitter or worse. Alice, on the other hand, is showing love by showing mercy. Remember Micah chapter 6, verse 8, and what it has to teach us. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly. To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So how are you doing at showing love by showing mercy? I can share a few things that our church is doing. Now, we're mostly an older congregation in North Lawrence, Kansas, so we can't do a lot of physical hands-on ministry, but we can show love in other ways. Some people in my congregation have helped me provide bus passes and even food for a couple of our homeless or nearly homeless men around our church. And since the end of September, our church has donated more than 2,200 diapers to the Ballard Center, a nonprofit group down the street that has among its goals to sustain families nearing or already in crisis. Those diapers help families who rely on that ministry, particularly single moms and dads struggling to make ends meet. We've also provided hundreds of cookies and handwritten notes of thanks to teachers at Woodlawn Elementary School, another entity just down the street from us, because we still can't help with reading recovery efforts due to COVID. We recently took their teachers and staff a bunch of popcorn and soda to give them a treat as they wind down the first semester and as they deal with kids who are becoming more and more eager every day with anticipation for Christmas. Now those are just a few examples from a small church in a community. I'm sure other churches around you are doing even more. Be part of it. Show that you love others by loving mercy. You see, in this stop that goes to Christmas present, he's teaching Ebenezer to show love by showing that mercy to other people. Finally, Ebenezer is taken to the home of his clerk, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge sees something that takes him completely off guard. It's a foreign idea for him. You see, this is a relatively poor family that is happy. They're happy despite the measly wages that Ebenezer pays to Bob Cratchit. He sees a daughter who's come home from a job to spend time with her family. He sees a son who is overjoyed that his father has arranged an apprenticeship for him so he can start helping the family financially. And one of the youngest, known famously to all of you as Tiny Tim, recognizes that how he behaves in church may teach others about Jesus. He wants people to be reminded of the great healer, Jesus Christ. Tim lives up to the lesson taught to us by St. Francis of Assisi. You may have heard the quote, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. During the meal, Bob raises a glass to toast Scrooge, and his wife scoffs rather loudly. After all, she knows how poorly that he's been treated by his boss. It's here that Tiny Tim brings us back to that redemptive message by saying his famous line, God bless us, everyone. As the family gathers around the table for their Christmas meal, Scrooge notes that it's a rather pathetic-looking goose and a really small amount of pudding. 
Yet they are happy because they're surrounded by people they love. They recognize the abundance that they have instead of the scarcity that they're experiencing. The love they show, well, it's true relationship with other people. It's at this point that we finally see old Scrooge start to come in touch with who he used to be. He asked the spirit if Tiny Tim will live. Now, we don't know what ailment he has. Charles Dickens didn't share the affliction that he put upon this poor child. But it's assumed that it's something like renal tubular acidosis. It's an ailment when the kidneys don't remove acid from the blood. It causes muscle weakness, can cause paralysis, and it stunts growth. It can be treated relatively easily now, but in 1840s England, the treatment would have been far outside the price range of a business clerk. When the spirit replies to Scrooge's question that he foresees a crutch in the corner without an owner, the implication is that Tiny Tim will die. Well, it's then that Ebenezer actually kind of winces. He's not so unfeeling after all. He's starting to show compassion. He's starting to realize mercy. He's starting to actually feel love. In fact, for the first time in our entire story, Ebenezer is starting to feel something for someone other than himself. Ebenezer has been taught by the Ghost of Christmas Present that another way to love is to build true, lasting relationships with people we are close to in this life. Before the Ghost of Christmas Present leaves, Ebenezer notices something under his robe. The ghost opens it to reveal a scrawny, scary-looking, really, boy and a girl. The spirit explains the boy is ignorance and the girl is want. And the spirit warns Ebenezer to watch out for both, but especially the boy, ignorance. And I think that's because Ebenezer has been ignorant. He's been ignorant to his own self-absorption. He's been ignorant to the plight of others. He's been ignorant to his wants compared to others' needs. I pray that this Christmas season that we aren't ignorant we recognize how and when we can show love. Love to others who have less than us. Love to people who are hurting, who have experienced loss. Love to those who have not been as blessed as we have been in this life, for whatever reason. May we show love as members of a community. May we show love by showing mercy to others. May we show love to those close to us. I want to conclude this episode by reading from the love chapter that we so often hear, admittedly a little out of context, at weddings. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4-8. through 8, and It tells us a lot about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice, but it is happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Friends, may we be instruments of love this season. In the next episode, 
we'll conclude our look at old Ebenezer's story, and we'll learn how we can experience and, if necessary, rediscover that all-important concept, the fourth and final one that we'll explore during this Advent season, joy. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.